Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we have a crazy revenge story involving somebody who lied about their identity. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, no I will not open another bottle of wine for you. I work at a local Irish pub in Massachusetts. A woman asked for a taste of a Merlot blend we offer. I brought her the taste and waited at the table to see how she liked it. Her nose scrunched up and asked if I could open a fresh bottle, because this one had been opened too long. In that moment I decide I'm too cranky to argue as I'm in the middle of my double shift. I was the one who opened that bottle for another customer earlier in the day. So I responded, yes, of course, and I would be right back. The woman's table was out of sight from my view behind the bar, so I just poured another taste from the same wine bottle into a new glass and brought it over. Of course, she was so pleased and said the new bottle tasted much better. What a silly goose. Do I feel a little guilty that I did that? Yes, I do, but the glass of wine is $10, so she can get over it. So is this just a classic like wine snob type behavior thing? Oh, I can taste that it's been opened too long. Like they just had to find something to critique or criticize. Also, hi, I'm Steven. And if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, want to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is took money for my savings. I'll teach you not to take me for granted. My stepbrother, 16, took some money out of my 17 savings without asking. I thought I'd get my sweet revenge by not doing little things for him. For context, I usually do small things for my family because my love language is acts of service. These things include taking shorter showers so the hot water doesn't run out or not taking a full plate so they can be full after dinner and there's leftovers for my mom to take to work tomorrow. I usually wouldn't do something this petty but he caught me on a bad day and I didn't want something like this happening again. I wanted to take away things slowly so he wouldn't suspect something was up. I started with small things like not playing video games with him as often and taking a full portion for dinner. This pattern went on for a couple of days. I wasn't feeling like my revenge was satisfying enough, so I upped it a notch. Whenever he would be in the shower, I'd be in the bathroom downstairs flushing the toilet to make the temperature of the shower fluctuate. Even from downstairs, I could tell he was getting frustrated. To keep it nice and short, here's a list of things I did over a span of a month. I subscribed to a bunch of stuff using his email address, so he'd get tons of notifications. I would hide one individual sock from pears, only leave the orange flavor of popsicles in the freezer, misplace his TV remote every time he went to the bathroom. I wanted one more cherry on the top before telling him because I felt a little bad putting him through that. On certain weekends, he'll go over to his mom's house and then come back on Monday. I thought of the perfect revenge that'll make him just as frustrated but not something harmful. I spent the entire weekend wrapping his room with wrapping paper. When I mean wrapping, I mean it. Everything. Individual pillows, TV remotes, every pair of sock in his drawers, every t-shirt, everything. Our parents witnessed it all, but they knew not to ask because they didn't even want to know. If only there was a better way to describe his reaction when he saw this. 
It was a mix of horror, confusion, and a little laughter. He was upset, but he was surprised how I did all of this in two days. He asked why I did it, and I explained everything. He understood and apologized. He paid me back, but the broken trust is still there, and it'll take more than paying me back to earn it back. You know, not doing, like, loving or polite things for them is one thing, but wrapping their entire life individually in wrapping paper? I mean, it's a good revenge, but it's a little bit more than just taking a few things away here. Our next story is, use my email, lose your Kohl's cash. I got a Gmail account about 20 years ago when it first came out. I was able to snag a simple email, first initial, last name, think jsmith at gmail. For the last several years, I've been getting all kinds of spam and legitimate emails from someone with my first initial and last name. Some of these emails seem pretty important. For instance, hotel reservations and train tickets have both been sent to my email. In the past, I've tried to contact her with the phone number I find with the emails and asked her to stop using my emails. She brushes it off every time, basically telling me to freak off. Apparently, she's just started shopping at Kohl's because I've been getting all of her rewards email. Since she decided she isn't going to stop using my email, I used her $50 in Kohl's cash she sent to my email a couple weeks ago and just used another $20 today. As far as I'm concerned, she's aware that she's using my email. Therefore, she's gifting me her Kohl's cash. Thanks for the new belt and jeans, Jessica. Keep them coming. Honestly, I do wonder what the legal ramifications of this would be. If they're sending these things and it's arriving to your email that you've had for decades, and you've even tried to reach out and inform them and they've brushed you off, is it stealing to use that when it's in your inbox? Our next story is Lost Car Sale. The time, 2016. Place, a Ford dealership. Went in looking to buy my car. All other cars I've had before were bought for work or family considerations. Ford Explorer Sport Package. Did my due diligence, compared models, loan rates, etc. Only thing left was a test drive. The dealership I went to I had used in the past for repairs, so was familiar with them. Young salesman, very upfront, told him I wanted a test drive and was going to purchase it before the weekend. He did everything he could to get my cell number, but I was very insistent that I was only interested in doing a test drive this day and I did not want multiple phone calls from them, that I would be the one initiating contact, only gave him a landline number which I used to screen calls. Off we went to the lot to get into my car, started it up and he started to activate the touch screen. Brand new thing for me, never saw or used one in a vehicle before. Noticed the screen displayed syncing completed, asked what that was, and the salesman gave some BS which I ignored. Did my test drive, thanked the salesman, and said I was very happy with everything, and I'll be back in a couple of days to finalize the deal for my car. Less than two hours later, I get a call on my cell phone, and who should it be but the salesman from the dealership? I was incensed. How did you get this number? He started some BS when it hit me. The new, at the time, touchscreens in new cars had a feature to sync your phone for hands-free calling through the car systems. This go-getter snatched my cell number using the sync feature during the test drive. Needless to say, things were said to him I don't think his grandfather ever heard. Next day, I was at another dealership and bought my car. The ink wasn't dry on the paperwork by the time I arrived back at the original dealership to make him and his boss and anyone else who could hear my very loud voice know of my displeasure and utter disgust of their sales practices.
Sadly, I don't know how many people are going to hear this and go, you know what, this is disgusting, I'm gonna go somewhere else to buy a car. But honestly, I appreciate OP going out of their way to make sure everybody knows exactly what they did. I mean, without a doubt, this would drive me crazy too. Our next story is petty revenge on mother-in-law while moving. Some short backstory, mother-in-law is alcoholic, narcissistic, verbally and mentally abusive. I wasn't aware of the mental illness or the extent of her mental illness until I was deep into my marriage. My mother-in-law and her ex-husband bought this house that essentially was just for her. It didn't fit the family, the bedrooms were too small. It was three floors of a doll-like house that she insisted on having. Half of her clothes didn't even fit in her master bedroom, so the ex-husband and her clothes had to be stashed into my husband's room. But mother-in-law loved the house, and that was all that mattered. There have been numerous storms and hurricanes, which mother-in-law has refused to evacuate from, because she told everyone that she was going to die in that house. Narc abuse. Anyway, after coming to terms with her never leaving unless it's carrying out her cold dead body, she just ups and decides to sell the house. My husband and I are there on the last day, per her request for emotional support, so we basically go there and end up supervising her weird behavior all day. This is where my petty revenge comes in. She followed the moving crew around with food and sandwiches. They didn't want them, so instead she just cried about moving and followed them around. Then she got mad at them for making a water ring on her kitchen table which she wasn't taking with her and not using a coaster. She asked us to help pack some leftover stuff, but we ended up not doing anything because once we packed up things per her request, it wasn't right, so we had to unpack it. We couldn't throw away or recognize anything. In case the next owners wanted it, they didn't. We tried throwing away dead plants from the front yard and we had to put them back. We later drove by and guess what? They were gone. Anything we'd ever given her in terms of gifts were in a big pile to be sold at an estate sale. I was really insulted because she made such a big deal about getting the right gifts, or specifically the ones she wanted over the years. A couple of years ago, her ex-mother-in-law died, but before she died, she forced my husband to bring her to the ex-mother-in-law, and then current mother-in-law grilled this poor senile lady on what she remembered about her, talk about narcissism. Then, after she died, she raged about how she had nothing to remember the ex-mother-in-law, and we had to give her something, so we gave her a really nice dish set which she displayed in a case. Mother-in-law moved and threw the dish set she raged about into this junk pile. I even refurbished her ex-mother-in-law's original painting of flowers she loved and that was just gone, disappeared. When I asked her about it, she played dumb. I spent a whole summer refurbishing this dumb picture for her, but also in this pile that she kept showing us over and over and like wagging it in front of us like it was a big deal that she just knew she would be getting big bucks for was a Monteverde pen that she had gotten when she married the ex-husband. She kept trying to get us to take her items from a pile that was not being sold, and it was a bunch of junk. Then she was insulted when we didn't want her junky crap. She was mad that we didn't want her brand new furniture that she had wasted money on and bought right before moving. She was mad that we didn't want her dishes. She was mad and drunk and angry the whole day, and nothing we did was good enough. We basically just sat back and watched her spin out. She gave me a pile of jewelry from another relative that she didn't even like, took the good stuff and gave me the junk stuff. She spun herself so out of control that day that she had no clue that I just took that dang Monteverde pen until days later at the estate sale. 
I'm not proud of myself for doing so, but at the end of the day, I had enough of the abuse and belittling, and so did my husband. We like ran out of there. And guess what? The pen? Not worth anything. I ended up throwing it in the trash. Again, not my proudest moment, but I needed an angry release from the day. She's been a million times easier to deal with since moving. Thank you for reading. I definitely don't think it was called for, but I can't blame OP too much when you had to put up with just the most annoying behavior. Our next story is, I accidentally on purpose covered my father's whole house in ants. So I posted the precursor to the story on Am I the Jerk, but I'll give you a rundown. A few years ago, I got an awesome new job. I love it so much, but I get to travel the country. The only thing is, I have some sort of agreement where I can't tell anyone the name of the company or specifics of what I do. I can only give a general title and say it's a private company. That is as much as I've told my father, and told him I'm not doing anything illegal. Of course, this didn't sit well with my father. He's tried to keep tabs on what I'm doing, monitors every post I make on Facebook, to the point I'll post some random comment on a page that has absolutely nothing to do with him, and he'll say something to me about it that same day. He's looked up where I was going, and when I told him I was staying at a hotel where a board game convention was being held, which was the truth, I didn't tell him the hotel, but he figured it out. He's opened my mail, which has allowed him to discover the name of the company. It was my tax forms, so no serious information. Before I'd moved out last year, he threw a temper tantrum saying I'd never be able to take care of myself, and again said I'm making the biggest mistake of my life. I was 36 when I moved out, mind you, and was only staying with him because of the pandemic. I explained to him that my first year at the company was part-time and I still managed to pay off my remaining 10,000 student loan debt and would be full-time going into my second year. There was no reason to worry about finances. He threw another tantrum and began screaming. I even told him I could probably rent out my place as an Airbnb if finances did become an issue. He responded with, Nobody would ever want what you have. Well, that comment set me off. I've kept contact with him minimum since then. However, the other day, he began accusing me of working for the cartel. Mind you, the cartel doesn't have W-2s, which he saw. So I was a bit upset. I began taking Ziploc bags and filling them with oregano or flour or a flour and sugar mix or brown sugar. I would place them in places where I know he would be, such as his favorite recliner's cup holder, the nightstand behind it, his pillow, the toilet in his preferred bathroom. I figured he would find them. The problem is, he didn't find them until several colonies of ants swarmed his house and he had to call an exterminator. He yelled at me asking what all this stuff was, and I told him I had no idea. I've been in my apartment. I later learned the exterminator had told him what the contents of said packages actually were, and my dad had been leaving angry voicemails ever since. I could also hear the exterminator laughing in the background hysterically, which was a nice cherry on top. I'm just impressed that he was so oblivious that he didn't notice these things in his favorite or almost certainly well-trafficked areas, their favorite recliner, their nightstand, the pillow. They didn't run into any of that. This next story is, me and my girlfriend got my manager fired for being a sexist idiot. Sorry, this is kind of a long one, but I think it's important to get all the context. I worked for a building supply company starting in January, and things were going well with the job at first. 
The pay was not so great, but the hours were good, and the management did their job. But when one of the managers left, it created a problem. Besides leaving the obvious void in the workplace, one of my other managers was planning on going on a vacation. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Cation, and she couldn't put it off. So in comes Manager R, the last-minute replacement. Manager R has a few quirks that makes no one like him, who works with him, to put it mildly. He was a parole officer before working with us, so the only real managing experience he had was managing felons. And it showed. He would treat the lazier workers like his prisoners, constantly nagging them, constantly up their butt when there was no good reason to be. He said he wanted one of the cashiers fired after being there for not even a week, and wrote another guy up for talking back to him when all he said was his handwriting was perfectly legible, in a very calm, non-aggressive way. Manager R still took that as an insult and wrote him up. The worst part was being his friend, which is what he thought I was. I got the luxury treatment by being allowed to go outside to smoke with him, only I didn't smoke, and I hate the smell, but it's not like I could say no. And believe me, I wanted to say no with the stuff I'd heard him say about women. Picture this, a short, skinny, crackhead-looking dude who somehow got to be my manager, talking about women like they were all into him saying stuff like, yeah, that girl there wants to freak me. Now, I'm a straight guy, but I can tell you, dude was no looker and the rampant sexism wasn't doing him any favors. Then at one point, a customer walks in by herself with children and manager R, with the joke of the century, calls her a walking divorce, and that actually gave me an idea. What if she heard him say that? Wouldn't she call the store to file the complaint? She would if he heard him saying that stupid crap about her. 
but then again, she wouldn't have to. My girlfriend could do that for her. So she calls in and... nothing. Manager R comes out of the office and explains that the customer must have misheard him, and the head manager was unfortunately buying it. So I had to step in and talk to the head manager and let him know what he'd been saying. And he finally believed it. He said there was no way the customer complaint could have been faked with my testimony. And there went one less jerk in the workplace. I hear he works at Subway now. Oof. I'm sure working at Subway isn't like some glamorous job, but is it that bad to say oof? Is assembling sandwiches and meatball subs and whatnot for people? Fishing cookies out of the tray for people? Is that a bad job? I guess it's definitely quite a step down from being a manager at a building supply company. This next story is, Car Salesman Talks Himself Out of a Sale. About 7 years ago, I, 26 at the time, got a new job which meant we didn't need our two cars. So my wife, 27 at the time, decided that we would both sell our cars and buy a bigger, nicer, single car. We both had well-paying and stable jobs and, additionally, had the support of a low-interest loan from parents to fund a purchase. We did our research extensively and decided that there were two options for us, a Ford Mondeo or a Kia Seed with our preference for the Mondeo. We'd worked out all the financials and had the spreadsheets to calculate that we could afford both, secondhand. At this point, we found our local dealerships and booked appointments with both to test drive the cars so we could make a final decision. We arrived at the Kia dealership and all went fine. We liked the car and the salesperson was helpful. We happily trundled across to the Ford garage for our appointment and were met by John the salesman. John was an old white salesman who had clearly been selling cars for years and he had clearly made a snap decision about the young couple in front of him. John sat us down at his desk and proceeded to tell us how expensive and exclusive the Mondeo was and he wasn't sure we would be able to afford it. He asked us our budget and we told him but he didn't seem to accept this. He wanted us to tell him our salaries and other financial data and we refused, saying we just wanted to test drive one. He told us he couldn't let us do that unless he knew we were serious buyers. We even asked if we could at least see inside one and he refused that too. We left and walked back into the Kia dealership and bought the car we test drove earlier and were very happy with it, keeping it for the next 6 years. This wasn't enough for me though. I took a picture of the Kia and sent it to the manager of the Ford branch to say that we had bought the Kia because of the actions of John. The reply from the manager was surprising. He replied that he was devastated because their margins were so tight and explained that John would receive a reprimand for losing them money. Moral of the story, don't judge a book by its cover. Imagine being the owner of that Ford business and business is tight. You're barely squeaking by and you find out you have a worker who's being such a numbskull. Like I can imagine this would be devastating to find out. This next story is neighbor dented side of my car because they parked too close and didn't leave information or note. I corrected their behavior. This is a great life hack I discovered. My apartment is an older place with assigned parking spaces. Six months ago, a new tenant moved in and was assigned a spot next to mine. Almost every time I got home and pulled into my parking spot, I noticed they were over the parking line into my spot or on top of the line, giving me very little room to park. One night I parked and their car wasn't there. The next morning I go to my car and see them parked over the line and a dent in the side of my car. I immediately knew it was them as I measure the trajectory of their door to my car and the paint matched. Clearly their door hit my car. 
No note was left, and when I called my property management, they said unfortunately they don't have cameras, so I can't prove it was them aside from the paint. In my head I thought, fine, wanna mess up my car? Have fun with all the dents I leave on yours. Every day I came home and saw them over the line or on it, I dented their car with my door. I left many dents. They since never parked on the lines or over it ever again. I trained my neighbor not to be a jerk. Well, you gotta love the owners of the parking lot you park in absolutely refuse to help you and say, sorry, we've got no coverage. It's 2023, that apartment doesn't have any cameras. This next story is, my uncle learns to shut up. This is actually my mom's story, but I've gotten confirmation from both sides that this happened and that my uncle did indeed learn his lesson. When I was still a baby, we were visiting my paternal grandmother's house. A bunch of my family lived there. My aunt, her husband, my grandmother, my uncle, dad's brother, and at least a couple of cousins. So my mom is sitting at the big dining room table, eating breakfast and breastfeeding me. My uncle makes some bull crack about her feeding me and my mom whips her teeth out of my mouth and uses it to squirt my uncle, her brother-in-law, in the face with breast milk. My grandmother nods approvingly as my uncle is stuttering and then says, Well, you heard the woman. Shut up. Side note, this is the same grandmother who once backhanded chucked a coffee mug at the head of a different one of my uncles for taking money out of her purse to replace the weed of his she'd flushed. She really didn't take crap from anyone. I mean, to be fair, not a thing that they should be complaining and making a big fuss about. It's natural, almost everybody survived that way, and it was breakfast time. Our next story is, my ex lied about his identity, so I printed his real one on a movie poster. I'm a young filmmaker who, like many of my kind, is incredibly proud of their college film projects. I'm especially and shamelessly fond of my thesis film. The execution was on point, thanks to the many talented people working on the project, including my ex-boyfriend's band which gave me the music for the film. Let's call my ex John Mancini. John told me he was from Italy, and it's important to note that John spoke often about being Italian telling stories like the one about his traumatic birth and baptism in Tuscany that placed him there for the first few years of his life. The relationship was actually quite abusive in many forms, but I was still very in love with him and quite proud to put his band's name in the credits on our original poster, Music by His Band. John asked that I use his stage name, Robert Mancini, in the credits on IMDb. I didn't find this odd as having a screen name is common, and he had done music for another film I found on IMDb and asked to be credited in the same way. Shortly after the film premiered, and one month after I signed a year lease on a two-bedroom apartment for us, he broke up with me. Though it was the safest outcome for me, I was heartbroken to say the least. Here I was, having to process us sharing a full cast and crew page on IMDb on top of everything I went through in the relationship while missing him. Remembering he scored another film, I decided to Google his credits using his screen name, Robert Mancini. My top hit is a mugshot from several years ago. It's undeniably him, with his birth name, Robert Garcia, not John Mancini, his birth country, Mexico, not Italy, a list of aliases, none of which are the name he gave me, we were going to live together, and the name and relationship with his contact on file. A woman we'll call Jill Bates, a name I recognized from an Instagram account that had been watching my stories throughout my and my ex's relationship. I was so shocked, even more heartbroken, 
and full of rage. But what could I do? I was at a loss and stayed that way for another few months. After a while, I was still heartbroken and confused, but starting to get some festival buzz for the film, which meant redesigning the film's original poster to showcase our new official selection laurels. I was excited to distract myself with something creative and started right away, updating the original poster as well as putting together new poster designs, which required some rearrangement of the credits layout at the bottom of the poster. There I see my X-Bands in bold print, capitalized, subtle, but apparent and clear. I decided to update his credit too. Guess whose birth name has now been printed in the paper and digital programs of 10 international film festivals? Robert freaking Garcia's. I can only imagine how much of a relief it is to look back and understand they broke up with you after finding out that they lied about everything about themselves. I feel terrible for OP because I know if I was in OP's shoes, I would be feeling disgusted knowing you were head over heels for this person who wasn't even real. Our next story is, be a jerk and do the bare minimum for a class, enjoy a computer mystery. So I should add some backstory before I start. Back in high school, I was in the shop program at a technical college. That was about a 45-minute drive from my school. This could give you credits towards graduation and also teach very valuable skills. In the case of me, sometimes the class can only be as good as the instructor. This guy, shower bag, made it a habit to blow up at people for very small things, make people watch YouTube videos as a way to learn how to do their things rather than teaching, and pass the buck onto a different class. If something doesn't go right, I just liked this class and foolishly signed up for a second year, had to do the same things all over again, and almost got injured by one of those strut compressors wall. Anyways, after a year and a half of dealing with SB, I decided to exact some pro revenge. One day when he was walking out in the shop to harass some of the students about something, I ran up to his computer that he left unlocked. For anybody who doesn't know, on Windows 10, there's a menu in the sound settings that allows you to assign sounds to actions such as the computer turning off, a USB device getting inserted and vice versa. There was also blank ones that allowed you to assign sounds to things such as closing a window, opening a window, closing, maximizing, and even minimizing. I quickly took those empty slots and filled them with the most obnoxious alarm sounds. I ended up missing class and sleeping in unfortunately, but after talking to one of SB's students, I found out he got super ticked because every time he tried to do a PowerPoint, it kept playing music in the background that he could not stop. Ended up having his computer speakers turned off for a long time until the technical help figured out what it was caused by. Sometimes it's fun being able to pull pranks on people using very simple computer tricks that they just don't understand or don't have the ability to troubleshoot themselves. And to be honest, even if they had the wherewithal to like Google, why does my computer play weird music or alarms when I'm doing something so menial, they're probably not going to get, hey, check the sound setup on your Windows computer. Our next story is, finally thought of a comeback in the moment. Back in the 80s, I was with the man I believed I loved, had two children with him. I had my suspicions that he may have cheated, but I generally shook it off and was sure he wouldn't cheat on me. I was 24, trusting, and obviously quite gullible. We had a regular babysitter while I was at work, and he was supposedly looking for a job. She also babysat on the few nights we would go out. I would generally be asleep before he got back from taking her home. 
One day I get home from work, he's in the house with the babysitter, and I finally notice that she was definitely pregnant with his child. Apparently he cheated with a couple of regulars because in his words, we didn't hook up often enough. Ow. Flash forward a couple of years, I lost weight, got in shape, looked fabulous, and had a new relationship with my farmer man. I was in our hometown and there was a Canada Day celebration. A large group of us were under the big tent waiting for the fireworks. When he walks up to me, tells me how beautiful I am now, and tries to make small talk. It degenerated quickly into snarky remarks from him in front of all these people. He looks me up and down and then says, you know what, we probably could have worked if you would have just put out. For once, I had the comeback. I said sweetly, if you were any good, maybe I would have. Half the tent full of people erupted into hoots and applause. Apparently this small town doesn't like him much. Felt so good. Note, been with my farmer man for 38 years now. There is not a thing that makes you want to just kick the wall more than coming up with the perfect comeback well after the situation. Let's be real, most times we don't have that perfect comeback. And then later on, we're in the shower just thinking about things and it snaps. This is what I should have said. This would have put them in their place. If only I was an improv genius. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.